Hello and welcome to Circumstantial Failures. My name is Matthew and as you may know with this podcast we interview various fantastic guests who are happy enough to share some of the personal setbacks they may have experienced in life and while why some of these setbacks aren't necessarily to do with any sort of personal shortcomings but but maybe more to do with some of the circumstances of the time that they had them. I'm really grateful to be joined by my guest, John Follis. John is a multi-award-winning advertising executive and marketing expert. He's worked with numerous high-profile clients, such as the American Stock Exchange, and his campaigns have been covered in the New York Times, Wall Street Journal, USA Today, Forbes and Time magazine. He has worked with a wide range of businesses and entrepreneurs and has spoken at numerous events, including the World Business Academy and the Yale Entrepreneur Institute. He's also gone on to be honoured by White House at the White House for a national public service campaign that he ran and the first ever UN Public Service Award he was awarded at the UN. So thank you so much for joining me today, John. Thank you. Uh, glad to be here, Matthew. Thanks for having me. Thanks. So before we sort of go into some of the, the challenges that you, you've experienced, particularly, I know, um, sort of during the during the early years of your career, um, what made you decide to get into um, into marketing in the first place? Uh, well, back then it was advertising, you know, specifically. Oh, yeah. Um, when. Uh, Advertising was a little bit cooler than it is today. Um, I mean, I'm going back uh, 35, 40 years at this point. Um, I had decided to major in advertising design, which is the creative side of advertising. Started out as an advertising art director. And my ultimate goal was to get a job at an advertising agency. And uh, for anyone who is familiar with the business, the Mecca for the advertising businesses in New York City. They, they call it Madison Avenue. That's kind of like the, the term for the, uh, the mecca of the ad business in New York. And uh, even though I, I went to school in upstate New York, I was um, intimidated by New York and uh, kind of had to work my way up to it. But eventually, after a few years in the business, I did move to New York, and that's where I spent the majority of my career, first working for some of the top agencies in New York, and then eventually uh, started my own ad agency. Yeah. And what, what was what was kind of the inception? What made you think, oh, yeah, uh, advertising, that, that's, that's the game for me? Yeah. Uh, well, it's interesting because um, I, I was pretty undecided about a career, even once I begun, had begun college. And uh, I was undecided for the first couple years of, of my college uh, ex experience. And had it not been for one instructor my second year in college, um, it was a, I think it was some kind of graphic design class that I was taking among all the other liberal arts classes that I was taking. But the instructor about halfway through the, the course asked me to um, speak with her after class, which is normally not a good thing. <laughs> and she uh, asked me what my plans were for the future. And when I asked her why she was asking me, she said, well, I think you're exceptionally talented artistically. And the reason why I'm asking you this is because this college that you're currently attending 
is probably not a good place to continue studying if you um, want to develop your your talent. And she said, uh, I, I think um, transferring to another school that has multiple programs that could allow you to explore, you know, whether it be advertising or filmmaking or photography or anything, architecture, fashion design, where at least you'd have more of a variety to explore your creative talent, I would encourage you to do that. So uh, that's what uh, motivated me to transfer to a school that did offer a variety of programs. And once I got to that school, I still wasn't sure what direction to go to. And I, I scheduled a meeting with someone that I thought was some kind of a guidance counselor. And he looked at some of my creative work, my design work, and said um, he took my course card and he filled it out and he handed it back to me. And everything was advertising, like copywriting 101, advertising photography, advertising marketing strategies 101. It was all advertising. And I, I looked at him and said, well, wait a second. This is all advertising. I'm not sure I want to go into advertising. <laughs> And he said, listen, kid, if you're creative and you want to make money, you go into advertising. Now take this card and give it to the woman over there and she'll set you up. <laughs> Fantastic. And that's where I began. And I wandered over to that woman and I said, he told me I should give this to you. And I said, by the way, who was that guy? That is, he's, a, he's a guidance counselor, right? She said, no, no, no. He's the chairman of the advertising department. <laughs> okay, now I get it. <laughs> Very good. Um, and before we sort of get into some of the challenges you've had, uh, you've experienced in your career, um, I just wanted to ask you, I, I wouldn't like to talk to somebody who worked in Madison Avenue without asking about sort of Mad Men. Obviously, that was a bit before your time, but was there anything in that program that, that, that was relatable to your own experiences in advertising? Well, this may seem a bit ironic, but um, unlike other peers of mine who just adored that show. And we're talking for those who, who may not know, it's a HBO, <laughs> HBO program that uh, was on about 10 years ago, maybe 15 years ago. And it ran, I don't know, for eight or nine seasons called Mad Men. And it was all about the advertising business in New York starting, I believe, in the late 50s up until maybe the mid 60s. That was the period that it focused on. I'm not quite that old. I, I started in the mid eighties and uh, no, that is before as said. Yeah. Well yeah, yeah, yeah. Your time, but, but, <laughs> but certainly to answer your question, there were some remnants of that time. And, you know, it was actually, um, you know, I, I, I'd read a book written by uh, someone who was a madman when I was in high school and his book kind of described what it was like during that time. And there was a certain romance uh, and a and a intrigue and a mystery and a and a you know a craziness of that time period that made it seem like a very exciting business to go into. So even though uh, in high school and even the first couple of years in college, I had not decided on advertising. One that that uh, chairman of the advertising department kind of pushed me in that direction. I wasn't really opposed to it, right? Uh, yeah. But I never I, it's kind of funny. I attempted to watch the show and I just could not get into it. <laughs> and and I, I don't know why, um, other than it seemed more like a soap opera. 
to me and, and or maybe it was because you know I, I had worked in the business that it, it didn't seem that uh, intriguing to me to watch you know this fabrication yeah uh, from people who uh, I, I think the writer never actually worked in the business I think the guy who wrote the, wrote the, the script for those shows uh, just interviewed some people that did but for whatever reason I I, uh, I, I think I watched a couple of episodes and I just I could not get into it it's kind of funny. Yeah. No, 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 I completely understand. So in my former life, I used to be a teacher at, uh, uh, I guess, high school, but secondary school in England. And um, and I've never watched any program about teaching any drama. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. So maybe it's a similar, similar situation. But you, um, were a, you were a fan of the show, you were saying? Mad Men. Loved oh, it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. John Hamm. He's my yeah. hero. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, he did. He did. He did a really, really good job. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, you sent me such a great message um, before today, and I was just hoping if I could read part of it out verbatim, if that's okay. Um, he said, hi, Matt, I co-founded one of the most successful agencies in New York, but prior to that, I was fired four times in eight years. I flunked my first advertising co- class in college and was told by the instructor that I'd never succeed in the business. <laughs> um You've clearly gone on to achieve, you know, huge success. So firstly, how did you get repeatedly fired in your sort of fledging years in the advertising business? Right. Um, well, I had to really um, give that some thought because no one likes to get fired and it's hard not to take it personally. But I, I can tell you that uh, two of those four situations were um, where I was the guy who hired me decided to leave shortly after he brought me in. Not, and that's not necessarily um, an automatic death sentence, but it certainly doesn't help in a, in a very highly political corporate environment when the person, uh, when your, your reason for, be, for being at that agency uh, is, is no longer at that agency <laughs> Yeah, uh, to, to, because uh, it's it is a it's a bit like that sh- other show Survivor. I don't know if you're familiar with that. <laughs> I, I don't watch it, but yeah, I think I I know the premise. <laughs> yeah, but you know, people competing against one another, and I I don't think there's a more competitive uh, city or a more competitive industry than than New York advertising. So when you're working with these big corporations, if if uh, you could it could be simply because you're a threat to someone else they don't want you around so if they can do something to undermine you so in 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 two of those four situations um the guy who brought me in left shortly after and and my experience at those companies went downhill pretty pretty quickly after that um another time and the second uh, two and the, the last yeah, two yeah uh, one, uh a third time that i was fired uh the my my boss was pretty honest with me. He said, John, he said, um, listen, I really think you're a talented guy, but a friend of mine who's a senior creative director is looking for a job and we'd like to hire him and his salary demands are pretty high. And in order to um, pay him what we, what he's asking for, we have to figure out some ways we can free up some cash. So we'll have to let you go. <laughs> That's and hard. you know, at least he was honest with me about it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's better. I get. I mean, that you know, that's so you know, talk <laughs> about circum circumstantial failures. 
<laughs> you know, yes. that was just being, you know, the wrong guy at the wrong time at the wrong agency. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, and and the fourth time, I I I, I don't remember. Uh, oh, I, I you know, um, it's it's kind of a long story, but um, I just I I wasn't able to ingratiate myself with the powers that be at at the company, and you know that certainly didn't help. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so going back further regarding that message you sent me when you say you flunked my first advertising school. Um, you know, what happened there? Did you just not enjoy it? Was the teaching not very good or, or yeah, something else? It was the first, the first advertising course at, uh, yeah. at, uh, the college that I transferred to. And, um, I was kind of behind the eight ball because it was a very, um, highly respected advertising program, one of the top in the country. And I transferred there my third year of college and I had to basically do, uh, uh, three-year curriculum in two years. So I not only had to do a lot of work, but I had to do really, really well in the courses that I took. So I was very serious. I was very committed to doing well. It wasn't because I wasn't working hard, but uh, the instructor that was teaching this particular basic advertising course uh, was a pretty arrogant bastard. Um, he was he was a, a New York guy who had actually come up from New York City, which was about a five-hour trip. So I guess he took a, a, an air shuttle to go up there and teach. Why he would ever do that, I don't know. But again, I began to think that maybe it was because he was trying to get laid because he ended up about halfway oh, through, no. the, through the, uh, the course, um, it became pretty common knowledge with my fellow classmates that he and one of the uh, sexier girls in class were shacking up. So that may have been one of his motivations for, for teaching. I, I don't know, but um, it, it kind of got under my skin. And I, I, I was pretty angry that um, he did not seem to be um, giving me a break on any of the work I was doing. He just didn't seem to like it. And my, my grades, which didn't start off very good to begin with, just slowly um, got worse as, as the uh, class progressed. And it finally got to the point where he pulled me aside with about three weeks to go in the class and said, listen, um, you don't really seem to be a good fit for advertising. So I, I'm going to give you an option here with three weeks to go. You could either drop the class so uh, you'll, you'll get an incomplete or you could continue on. But I, I can tell you that the grade that I'm going to give you if you continue is not going to be one you're happy with. So, you know, I'm going to give you that option to drop it right now. And I said, could I, could I, and I, the, the, the thing about it, Matthew, is I, I'm not, I'm not a quitter, right? I, 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 I never like to just, you know, give up on anything. That's kind of one of the things that I think enabled me to be successful during my career. So it, it wasn't a very, to me, it didn't really seem like a good choice. And when, <laughs> it definitely wasn't a good choice, no. And when I asked him if I could think about it, he said, yeah, I'll give you 24 hours. Let me know tomorrow what you want to do. So um, I very reluctantly decided to drop it. I felt that was the better choice. And fortunately, um, Syracuse had a program that had other instructors te teaching the same class. So I felt like at the very least I could attempt to do it again with a different instructor, hoping that it was a less less about my talent 
than it had to do with this particular instructor that I, I didn't particularly like or, or think was that good at teaching. He may have been very good at, at his job, his career in advertising, but I didn't think he was very good at, at teaching it. And fortunately, with the new instructor, I did pretty well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, that's good. It, it's, it says everything about teachers, you know, it can, they can make a make or break a situation. It, do, it really does. And it, it was it was kind of ironic because it was a, a diametrically opposed experience from the other instructor who I'd had just a year prior who pulled me aside and said that I was really, really talented and really encouraged me and, you know, uh, made some suggestions to me that helped uh, grease the wheels for my career. And, and this guy uh, was the total opposite. So yeah, to, to your point, it really and, and, you know, it was a it was a really good lesson to learn because uh, just like um, any teacher can make or break your career, the same is true with any um, uh, person you work with, a, a co-worker or supervisor or boss. It's really no different, right? Absolutely. Oh, no, absolutely. I agree. Um, and so, you know, just going on now. So, you know, despite some of those sort of initial setbacks that you've you experienced, um, you went on to create hugely successful advertising campaigns. And as we mentioned, co-founded your own advertising agency. What do you feel was, you know, the turning point in your career? Well, the turning point was uh, switching gears or you know, pivoting, as they say, right, um, away from the corporate environment to a more uh, entrepreneurial path. And when you're a creative person in advertising the way I was, an entrepreneurial path usually begins with uh, trying to get project work or freelance work, because as a, as a creative talent, uh, you can pitch yourself to come in and just work on you know, on a project basis. Sometimes it's a couple of days, could be a couple of weeks, or if you're you know if you hit a, a, a an agency that really likes you, it could be for a couple of months. And you generally they pay you pretty well, you know, for that that short period of time. So that's that's what I did. Um, I think after getting fired the third time, I began to do that and continued doing that on the side, even while I was working at my fourth job. Uh, sometimes they'll give you project work that you could do on your own time, which also makes it pretty easy to have that flexibility. Not always the case. Generally, they want you on premise where you've got to work with them. But sometimes if you can work, uh, even finding individual clients where uh, that's where I began trying to pick up client work, where, where they gave you an assignment and they just wanted you to uh, come back to them in a, in a couple of weeks with a solution, some, some ideas, some creative ideas. So in that case, you could work on your own time, which makes it great. Um, and I did that for a couple of years. And ultimately, uh, the big turning point uh, that was an extension of that, Matthew, was when I crossed paths with a guy who was excellent at business development. Uh, he was an advertising guy on the account side, but his real skill was uh, calling up prospective clients and getting meetings and finding clients that were a good fit for the kind of creative work that was a little bit um, uh, out of the box, more you know, exciting, a little bit different. Um, that we would be a good fit for. And when I, when I met him and he said, you know, I think the two of us could, could make a pretty good team. 
uh, finding uh, clients that want your kind of work. Um, let's let's see if we could do this. Um, that that was a major turning point because he was really really good at knocking on doors and getting getting meetings. And once all I really needed was the opportunity. Um, and uh, once we found one particular clue, I guess we were working together for about six months until we found a client that really had a significant piece of business where he wanted, you know, we were doing some some brochures and things like that, which wasn't real exciting. But this one particular client wanted a TV commercial that he was going to be putting some money behind. And we were competing, even though it was just the two of us basically working out of our, our apartments. We, we, we were competing against, I think, five other New York ad agencies and ended up beating them out with the creative work and were, were awarded the account. And that's what enabled us to put up a shingle and officially start our agency. And, you know, it just continued after that. He was, again, he was amazing at we, what he did. And I was pretty good at, at uh, providing the creative work that enabled us to win the account. Our, our agency just exploded in just uh, a few years. We were we were winning business as fast as we could handle it, and not just winning business business, but then winning creative awards as well, which you know helped increase our profile. So it was very exciting. Yeah, that's a, that's so interesting. I mean, it's a slight not a chance encounter necessarily, but just how you sort of came you know came to work with each other and and your skills just sort of complemented in in such a. Yeah, such a great way that you could, you know, sort of turbocharge, you know, what you were looking to achieve. Especially after being fired those four times in those eight years. And then, you know, uh, here, re- remembering the words of my first advertising instructor telling me that I'll never be a success in the business. You know, you could be haunted by that kind of stuff. So to have the scenario uh, flip so totally uh, was was pretty mind boggling, you know. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's amazing. Um, and I've heard you say um, at your marketing agency, you were quite edgy in what you did. Uh, you had a philosophy where it was that you'd rather piss off 10% of your audience than bore 100% of them. Um, were there any instances where you regretted, you know, such an approach where you sort of pissed off 10% and you were like, oh, man, maybe I could have done without that? Um, No. <laughs> Right. No, is the next question is the short answer (laughs) to that question. Um, You, I'm impressed by the research that you. (laughs) No, no, that's yeah. I mean, how did you how did you come across that soundbite? Because that that was in your that that was in your Yale discussion. Ah, okay. Oh, you listened to that that presentation. (laughs) Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, You know. when you're working with clients, um, sometimes you'd find clients that would say, well, we can't run that because that might offend someone. And usually clients that gave us that feedback were not clients that we wanted to continue working with because the ones that I think were uh, more savvy realized that with a limited advertising and marketing budget, if you don't do something that ruffles someone's feathers at some point, um, that you're probably not doing anything that's that's very good, that's attention getting. And, you know, the first step in a successful advertising campaign is to get their attention. If you don't do that, it doesn't matter what your message is, right? 
So uh, that's why I think it's better to uh, ruffle risk, ruffling a few feathers of 10% of the people than to bore 100% of the people with your advertising. You've got to do something that's a little bit uh, unexpected and, and edgy, as I say, um, if you can even attempt to, to, uh, to be effective at getting your message out there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was hoping, so my next question was going to be about sort of one of your biggest mistakes that you may have made in business. Um, I was hoping that you might have revealed one uh, just then about, you know, pissing off the wrong person. But um, is there anything else outside of, uh, you know, that that particular strategy? Any sort of mistake that you possibly made during your, your time in advertising? Um, so despite all the uh, complimentary things I said about my business partner, um, he, he wasn't uh, the most um, transparent fellow. <laughs> and <laughs> to put it, to put it politely. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. he, had, he had a bit of, uh, you know, he was a New York guy, very aggressive guy. And he, he, he was a bit, dare I say, Trump-like. <laughs> well, he's a New Yorker himself. Right. And, you know, my first impression was that I'm just glad he's on my side until I realized very quickly he wasn't. Oh. <laughs> and and uh, I don't know that I could have done anything differently to prepare myself for that. Um, you know, I, I did find myself pretty early on in the relationship of seeking legal advice. Um, so, I, you know, I, I, I might have helped myself by um, seeking legal advice before I really needed the legal advice. I had a little bit more time, the luxury of time to like um, flesh out uh, the proper attorney and not seeing them in a, in a, in, in kind of uh, a desperate situation because my, you know, I was confronted with a situation where I really uh, needed some quick answers. Um, but uh, you know, other than that, uh, no, you know, I think um, we all learn from our, our, our experiences and dare I say failures. And uh, I, I have no regrets about that partnership. You know, uh, it was because of that partnership that I achieved um, much of the success that I had in my career. And I'm very grateful for the experience of, of working for him the time that I did ultimately. But I, I, I did kind of realize very early on in that partnership that it was probably not going to be a long-term marriage. And uh, I just wasn't sure um at what point I would need to, you know, um, get out of it. And, uh, you know, I just hope that it, it wouldn't be too difficult if and when the time came for me to do that. Wow. So even you, you were thinking even from the very outset when you started working with your, your partner that you were like, this is, uh, this is not necessarily going to be a long-term situation. Yeah. And it's not, you know, it's, it wasn't a, a good feeling to be honest with you because, no. um, you, you, uh, when you hook up with someone, you want it to work out and you want to feel like you can, you don't have to keep your guard up all the time. You know, I mean, I, I went through many years of that in the corporate environment, feeling like, you know, I had to watch my back all the time. So you don't, you hope that when you're in your own business, you, you, you know, you no longer have to worry about that. So, um, you know, there were, there were moments where during that partnership where I didn't feel that way, but, uh, it rarely lasted a long time. I mean, the, the situation kept repeating itself where 
I just realized that, uh, unfortunately, as much as I um, hoped it would be different, that um, it just kind of confirmed my initial gut feelings. Yeah, you know, he did something, some things very early on in the relationship that I kind of confronted him on. And, um, you know, maybe it wouldn't have bothered someone else, but it, it bothered me. And uh, I, I, I just, my, my gut feeling was that it probably wouldn't be a long-term thing and that pr- proved to be accurate. Yeah. Would you say that, that, you know, your time working in advertising generally has your gut feeling sort of served you well, you know, would that be something you'd advise sort of other sort of business people and, and entrepreneurs that, you know, generally what you feel is, is, is the, the best gauge of a situation or. Well, or <laughs> um, you know, I think um, some people, um, have good gut instincts. Um, some people not so much. Mm. And, uh, I think it's a real asset if your gut instincts are good in life, you know, forget about business or entrepreneurship. I think that's just a, a general thing. Um, you know, I, I never considered myself street smart. Are you familiar with that term? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. We t- we we don't use it hugely in in England, but yeah, we <laughs> yeah, I've seen it on American programs. Yeah, well, 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 that's that's um, and I, and that was one of the reasons I was afraid of New York because to be successful in New York, it helps if you're quote street smart, and and my partner, as I mentioned earlier, was a, a, a native New Yorker and very street smart, and you know had had very good instincts, and um. I didn't initially, but I think I kind of acquired them and I developed them, I think, as a direct result of being in business with someone like that. I think it really helped me hone my um, my business instincts and my street smartness. So uh, that, you know, served me well as I continued on my own. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, I mean, you know, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you today, John. I'm really grateful. Um, you know, before we go, how, if if people want to get in touch, you know, to to speak to you a bit more or sort of work with you, how 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 best could they do that? Uh, well, a couple of ways. I'm I'm on LinkedIn. Um, you have LinkedIn in England, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> okay. So you know, if they know how to spell my name, um, I'm on there and. Um, I, I still have a website uh, that I've had for now since 96 is when it first went up and I've, I've upgraded it since then. And that would be my last name, which is Follis, F-O-L-L-I-S, followed by Inc, I-N-C, FollisInc.com. Fantastic. That's great. Well, you've, you've, you've heard it here, how to, how to get in touch. I really, you know, I think, I think whoever does, you know, reach out to you will really, really appreciate the experience. So thank you so much today, John. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank well, thank you. you, Matthew. Thanks for having me on your show.